everyone and welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. We are so excited to have you here with us today. We are tuning in from none other than one of my favorite cities in the world, Paris, France. And not only are we in Paris, we are at the Citizen M, their newest location, right off the Champs-Élysées in Paris, right down the street from the Arc de Triomphe, and they have the most beautiful rooftop bar that gives you a prime shot of the Eiffel Tower. Truly, it is immaculate, beautiful, like a Parisian winter wonderland. I am over the moon happy to be here. And that's very much correlated to what we're talking about today. This episode is going to be short, sweet, and informative. So, strap in, got a lot to talk about, and we are very excited to be talking about what it is like traveling internationally right now. So, as most of you know, me, your host, Charlotte from Chicago, is a big traveler, and I had not been international since the pandemic started, so my most recent international trip before this was I spent Christmas in Berlin in 2019. I had also flown in and out of Paris, spent a few days here. I went and visited one of my friends in Stuttgart, Germany, was supposed to go to Strasbourg, uh, and there were some striking in France of trains and literally every mode of transportation. So that got canceled. So I, I then went straight to Stuttgart and I was supposed to then make it to Vienna, Austria. And I got horrific bed crippling food poisoning. So did not make it to Austria, then made it to Budapest, Hungary, and then to Berlin and then flew back through Paris. So that was my last international trip. And that was in 2019. So it's drastically different traveling in a post-COVID pandemic regulation 2021 world. And for me, being the experienced traveler that I am, there was still a lot of anxiety and stress around this because with the ever so quickly changing regulations, it's hard to stay on top of things. And it's a little nerve wracking of, hey, do I actually have all of the stuff that I need to get into this country? Am I going to be sent away? Or the fear of showing up in a country that you thought you were fine, and then they say, oops, nope, seven-day quarantine, ten-day quarantine. You're like, I was only going to be here for, like, four. So, it's a little crazy. And I am only about a little under halfway through my trip. So, there's still more, still more to learn, but I am in my second of the three countries that I will be visiting this trip. So, I feel like this is a perfect time to talk about what the process has been like of traveling internationally in the pandemic. So I flew from Washington, D.C. to my first stop was, or my my final destination to start was London. But I flew KLM Airlines and I flew direct to Amsterdam. And then I had a layover there and flew to England, to London. So... There was a lot of confusion for me about if I needed to be tested or not beforehand as a fully vaccinated American. So, again, depending on where you are listening in from, 
different countries and different places where you've been, it's all it's it's all different and that does make it challenging. So everything that I will be saying is coming from a US citizen who originated starting her travels in the US but then traveling into the EU from the UK. And if some of you aren't familiar, the UK is no longer part of the EU because of Brexit and that's a whole other deep conversation, but for uh traveling purposes, it is very important to note that the regulations of getting into the EU uh, versus the UK are very, very different. So I was not sure if I needed to be tested or not. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to get tested just in case because I don't want to get stuck somewhere. And I have the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So it's one dose. And most countries say that you need to be four weeks out post-vaccine to be considered fully vaccinated if it's just the one vaccine. If it was Pfizer or Moderna or uh, if you're in the EU, the AstraZeneca vaccine, that they all are, I believe, two weeks. But so I was the one dose, so that's four weeks, but I was vaccinated back in early March, so I am very much in the clear of the four-week timeline. So I decided to get a quick test and it came back negative, thankfully. And I had my test result on my phone. And what you needed to do for the UK was you needed to fill out a travel, like a passenger locator form to say exactly where you were going to be in the UK for how long. And even if you were at more than one address. So I stayed somewhere for the first few days and then I stayed somewhere else the uh, second half of the trip. So you have to write down all the different locations that you'll be and you are able to fly to the UK without taking a test if you are fully vaccinated. But upon arrival within the first two days, well, you land and that's day zero. The next day is day one. The next day is day two you have to take a day two test. It doesn't have to be on day two. It just has to be done bef- like on or before day two. And as of early November, they have changed from the fact that it had to be a PCR test, which is a little more expensive, to a lateral flow test, which can be cheaper, which is nice. So I, one thing that you have to do is you have to pay for the test before you travel. So... I paid, uh, I believe the company was called Quest. I can look that up and double check and I will put it in the show notes. But there's a couple different brands. I went with one of the more well-known ones. It wasn't the absolute cheapest, but I knew that it was legit. So that was my justification there. Also, if you're traveling, a lot of airlines will offer a slight discount. So I think originally it was supposed to be £22.00. And with a discount from Air France and KLM, it was 18 pounds. So not not bad, very similar to $20, a little bit more in US dollars. But you can just Google that and a lot of airlines will have a, a code that you can use for a discounted test there. And what I did, what the process was, was that I paid for it and there's a certain unique booking code that you then have to enter into your uh, passenger locator form and have all of that. 
and then I had it delivered to my hotel on my first day there and I ended up taking it the following day so you just have to document the exact times that you're taking it you have to photograph it with your ID with um, a timestamp and then you will upload your negative results online after but what is another important thing to note is if you are not flying direct to the UK you have to just be mindful of what transit laws are in the country where you're flying through. So since I was flying through uh, Amsterdam, I had to make sure, okay, well, what are the regulations for the Netherlands? And thankfully, they had a little bit more relaxed with transit passengers. So as long as I had everything that I needed for the UK, the Dutch government didn't really ask for anything. They're like, okay, well, just you can't leave the airport, you just got to go through right to your next gate. And I had to go through pre-screening when I was in Amsterdam before going to the UK. And so they checked my passenger locator form, they uh, checked my vaccine, CDC card, um, my passport, everything. Obviously, if you're coming from a country that requires a visa to wherever you're going, that is very important. Sometimes it's easy to overlook that in our current pandemic age. People are only focusing on um, COVID regulations, but it is very important to note that a lot of countries, depending on where you are coming from, they require visas. So thankfully, as an American, very lucky that and blessed that we do not need a visa for a lot of countries so I did not need that but everything else for COVID I needed and had I had it all printed out in I have a traveling little binder that I take with me I'm shockingly very organized when I travel so I pulled everything out had it there went through nice and easy and I was actually headed to the UK to surprise one of my really close friends for her bachelorette party and so when the man asked me what was my reason for visiting the UK and I told him he made a joke and he's like oh can I come and I was like no sir <laughs> no you cannot but thank you please give me my passport back <laughs> So I went through everything there. I had a two-hour layover, which was plenty of time, and it worked out well. So I headed to the gate and had a beautiful landing in London. It was perfect. There was hardly any clouds, very clear sky, and landing at Heathrow, the flight path flies directly over London, and I got some beautiful shots on just my phone out the window. It was amazing. So landed in London and had to go through customs and passports and the, all of the immigration stuff. And it was a very smooth process. One thing that they have started implementing is facial recognition. And so I, I'm a member of Global Entry, which is something that I've talked about on a couple different social media platforms. It is one of the best investments that you can do if you travel even semi-frequently. And when I boarded my flight from DC to Amsterdam, they didn't scan our passports. All they did was you had to walk up, you had to pull your mask down, and it was facial recognition, and that identified who you were boarding the plane, so we didn't have to give our tickets or our passports, which was very interesting. That was the first time that had happened, which was cool, but then I'm on the jet bridge, and I was like, oh no, what seat am I in? I don't have my ticket in my hand. So, got a little flustered there, but it's fine. We recovered. And 
I will save this for another conversation, but that flight with KLM was one of the best flights I've ever had. The, fl the crew was so, so nice. They brought me all these little gifts. I had written them a thank you card, and they were so sweet, and in, re in uh, response to my thank you card, they had brought me all these little gifts, and it was the sweetest thing. I absolutely am a huge fan of KLM Airlines now, and just love the Dutch. It's, they're amazing. But when I landed in the UK, they also used facial recognition. So what it was, was that there were a lot of countries that allowed um, you to use facial recognition. There are certain countries that you had to go talk to an actual agent. But being an American citizen, I was able to go through the digital passport pass area. And so you walk into this little gated thing like the gates open you walk inside you pull down your mask it scans you you also had to scan your passport and then the other side of the gate opens and you're good and that was it and it was really interesting because no one stamped my passport which being me I'm a little salty about because I'm like no I love passport stamps they're so cool and they're uh nostalgic to look back on but it's fine and so I left I went and picked up my bag and then was was essentially good to go. As long as I had shown all of my paperwork earlier, then it was fine. And then the next thing that was on my to-do list was the day two test, which ended up very, being very easy. If you've done any self-COVID tests, it's very simple. It's just um, very, very basic. And in general, right now, the... The masks in the UK are a little bit more lax, like than you would uh, you would think, because it is still mandatory on all public transportation, but not a whole lot of people were abiding by that. Um, and it's definitely different than the EU. The EU is a lot stricter. The UK has been a lot more casual with that. So I took my day two test; it was negative, and. I did not have to test coming in to Paris. I took the Eurostar, which is the train, and I left London and I had to go through customs where I exited London, I exited the UK, and then you go through borders of entering the EU in that same train station. So I, they scanned my passport and swiped it and pretty much registered that I was leaving the UK. And then I went to the EU one and he checked my passport, flipped through things. I had to show him my vaccine card. And then from there, he said, okay, well, this is a little pass that you need. You need to show this when you arrive in Paris. And I said, okay. And I took it and I kept it in my passport. And it was essentially the same stamp that they put in your passport. So when you enter and leave the UK or the EU, typically they would stamp your passport, but they didn't stamp mine leaving, I mean coming in, they only stamped it leaving. So I had my little piece of paper and when I arrived in Paris, there were people waiting at the gates and you had to hand that to them. And that was proof of vaccination status because if you are entering the EU, if you are not vaccinated, you are required to do right now, I believe it's a seven day quarantine. So if you didn't have that sheet of paper as we were leaving the train station, you were directed somewhere else and you were required to quarantine. So that is one very, very big difference. 
of traveling in the EU versus the UK. It was a little bit stricter and more uh, lengthy of a process to make sure that you are vaccinated. And right now in France, they are operating off of a health pass system. So this is where it got a little complicated being an American is that even though our vaccine CDC cards are valid here, you're not able to upload them right onto the system like you would be able to if you were vaccinated in the EU or the UK. Because for them, their vaccine cards, their vaccine passports, whatever you'd like to call it, they have a QR code on them that you can scan. And for anyone who was vaccinated in the US, you know that's just a paper CDC card and it doesn't transfer that way. So I had to go, there's two ways that you can deal with it from, well, technically there should be three, but the currently the French Health Pass website has been down and when all these news reporters reached out to the French embassy in the US, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And why it should be working. And we're like, this is so French. It's fine. It's fine. So you could come and arrive in France and you could take a uh, test, a rapid test that would give you results within 15 minutes. And they would issue a temporary health pass for 72 hours. And the reason that you need these health passes is because that's how you're able to access museums and restaurants and um larger transportation like trains and it's it's very important for day-to-day life here in France currently. So since I'm vaccinated, I was able to go to a pharmacy. A pharmacy is where you're going to be doing all of this stuff. And my friend so took me. He picked me up at the train station yesterday, bless his heart, and we went over to the pharmacy and I don't speak French. I did live in Paris for six months. I can order off a menu. I can speak a little bit here and there. I don't actually speak French, and I do not speak enough to be able to talk with a pharmacist and explain things in this pandemic world. So I am so beyond thankful that I had him to translate for me, and we were able to take my CDC vaccination card and go to a pharmacy and say, hello, can you please translate this essentially so that I can get a French pass. And they said yes, and it cost me 36 euros, which again is probably a little over $40, which is not terrible because I would have had to test twice here for the amount of time that I am if I needed a health pass otherwise. So they were able to take my passport and then take my CDC vaccination card and give me essentially the European version of it. And it had a QR code, so I was able to upload it to the app. The only thing that I realized, though, uh, was that the woman entering the information switched the dates. Because in the U.S., we do month, day, year. In the EU, they do day, month, year. So my card now says that I was vaccinated in May when I was actually vaccinated in March. So I'm like, hopefully... Hopefully this isn't a problem uh, because it does. it's not the same information. But honestly, though, if any European looks at it, they will probably read it the same way that she did, as in that it was May, not March. Uh, but as long as you're over two slash, for me, four weeks out, hopefully it should be fine. Uh, so today I will be 
it's my first full, full day in Paris. I will be gallivanting around and I'll be meeting up with some friends tonight for dinner and I'm meeting up with some other friends tomorrow. I've got a very, very packed schedule while I'm here in Paris. It is my second home and it is so nice to be back after nearly two years and it'll be very interesting to see how things have changed with the pandemic and how strict restaurants are on checking for the health pass so I will be sure to keep you all updated but the last half of my trip once I leave Paris is that I will be headed to Amsterdam because I'm going to visit another Citizen M, which I am very over the moon excited about. I will also be getting to meet some of the Citizen M staff at headquarters and meet some of the social media team. They are incredible and I'm so excited for the opportunity to meet them in person. I will be taking the train from Paris to Amsterdam. So because of that, I need to show my French health pass and since the Netherlands is part of the EU, it's a little bit easier to travel in between, but every EU country is allowed to have their own COVID regulation laws. So uh, there's a few things that I'm still double checking about that, is that because I was in the UK before this, within 10 days, I might have to test again to arrive in the Netherlands, even though France did not make me test. So. I will figure that out at some point this week before I go. It's a little too early for that anyways, but that is the world we live in right now is just continuing to regulate um, how things are changing and earlier at the beginning of November is when all the regulations changed in the UK and a lot in the EU and that's on November 8th was when the US opened up for the first time for vaccinated UK and EU travelers. So the important thing is just to be constantly checking these websites and just seeing how things change and being diligent and just doing your best. But the all everyone that works in the transit industries is navigating things as we go. So it's a process, but it's I think it's very well worth it. I'm so happy to be back here in France. And so far, knock on wood, everything is going well with traveling and... I've been having some smooth sailing, so even though there's been the little bit of stress of, did I do this right? Is this exactly what I needed? And am I missing anything? So far, everything is good. And for an added bonus of protection, I did purchase travel insurance that included COVID protection on the off chance that I did end up needing to get quarantined or something like that. I've always been a big component of travel insurance, and so... The pandemic has definitely amplified that. So if you are planning on traveling abroad, I would very much encourage getting travel insurance. It doesn't have to be super expensive, but at least covers your bare minimum. And we are in a new new age of travel, and it's not always the easiest, but it's still definitely worth it. And as a good amount of you know, I have recently launched more of my formal travel business. So if you do have any interest in traveling abroad and you would like help navigating these ever-changing regulations and planning things, I am available for my consulting services and you can check out my website, reach out to me on any forms of social media, and I am more than happy to get connected and help you. And my biggest mission is to help make travel more safe, 
affordable and accessible for everyone. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it helped answer a little bit of questions of what it's like traveling internationally right now. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Char from Chicago on everything. And we will see you all here together again soon.